0: How do I hire top salespeople is one of the most common questions companies have. And it doesn't matter the industry and it doesn't matter the service. So what's your game plan? What are you going to do? How are you going to find the top salespeople to help you get to where you need to be? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show Studios. And we are on episode number 180, How to Find the Best Salespeople. Now, I want to give you a heads up. If you're listening to this and you're a salesperson, take some notes because you can figure out how to make better offers when you're in a hiring position. And if you are a business owner, take notes because I'm going to spell out some ideas and some concepts and some strategies to find and keep top sales talent. And I get asked all the time, Scott, you do sales, you do sales training. How do I find the right salespeople? And sometimes this answer becomes convoluted because it it goes into a couple of questions about the company, the organization, and what specifically you're looking for. So if you're looking for salespeople, I want to give you a heads up. You will need to really get clear on what you want and what you don't want and what you're going to stand for and what you're not going to stand for. And some of this is going to be from the sales team. And some of this is going to be from your office, uh, or the office, I should say. And from the very beginning, if I can just give you this big piece of advice, huge with flares and warning signs and fireworks, hire ethical salespeople. That like you should have a standard for the type of people that you want to have come work for you, uh, represent your company, represent your business. And sometimes companies will say, "Hey." I have this salesperson that I can hire. And uh, there's some sketchy things about them, but I I want them to come help build my team. And I want to get some momentum and get off the ground. Well, the problem with that is, is that's going to set a precedent. And that person's going to burn a bunch of bridges, and it's going to be an absolute nightmare. I don't know how to say it any other way. I'm just going to come out and say, that's really what it's going to be. So This question comes up more than what you know. Every company is always looking for good salespeople. It doesn't matter the industry. It doesn't matter the service. Whatever, like fill in the blank. I sell. Yep. That industry is always looking for top sales talent. And the best of the best salespeople are always in demand. If you're a salesperson listening to this, you should always be doing everything possible to increase your skills and your talents. If you are an organization and you're looking to hire talent and you're looking to keep and maintain talent... This is going to come down to you doing training for, for, for your people to become the best because here's the, the sad statistic. Somewhere around 30 bucks a year is what salespeople spend most of them to uh, increase their own education. And so sadly, most companies are, are what is left on the front lines for getting salespeople to learn how to sell, learn how to close deals and do what needs to be done. So if, you, if you're looking for top tel- sales talent, You know, and you're saying, hey, we're offering training, we're offering incentives. For some of them, they'll be like, fantastic. Some of them, they're just not going to care. So here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to make a list. And there is going to be some paperwork involved. It's going to be old school, or you could use a computer. And what you want to do is you want to make a list of the traits that your team has now or the traits that you want your team to have. And then the traits of the salesperson that you're looking for. You want you want to line out the types of beliefs, the strategies, the feelings. You know what is it that you want? What are the things that you're going to stand for? Because if you're looking to build a team or looking to rebuild a team, it's going to take some thought and some effort. It's not just let me just go hire a bunch of people, you know, and fill some roles and make some stuff happen. It's way too costly to pick the wrong person. It's way too costly to to get somebody in and think that you're just going to get them to move some chairs on a deck and then have them be perfect. When you make your list of the traits that you're looking for in the people that you have or you're going to interview or you're going to hire, there I'm going to give you a list of a few things that may help you define the items that that will give you propulsion. One, is the salesperson coachable? Are they coachable? You know, to an extent salespeople are rule breakers. <laughs> they, they like to, to say and do things that are not always appropriate, but at the end of the day, are they coachable? Will they, will they do what needs to be done? Are they pliable to like, this is the prop, the proposal, the way that I want you to build out the proposal. This is the presentation that I want you to give. This is the way that we do everything when the job's done Two are they team players or are they all about themselves? You know, uh, it's cool to have somebody who on paper is a magnificent closer. It sucks when they're not a team player because they burn everybody else out. It builds distrust. And if you're a salesperson right now and you're on a sales team and you got somebody on that team that everybody looks at as a closer and they're not a team player, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I just don't want to deal with that guy or that girl. Uh, will they be able to ask for the sale? Now, there's plenty of nice people out there that can present. There's plenty of nice people out there that can build rapport. But at the end of the day, can they ask for the sale? Are they able to? And by ask for the sale, let's dimensionalize that a little bit. Will they stick in the conversation? Will they do the follow-up? Will they have the right conversations? Will they be in it for the long run? Now, the thing to know is some salespeople are looking for a home. They are looking for the right company. And they may have bounced between a couple of different employers. And and what you need to know is sometimes there is a feel to our organization. Sometimes there's a feel to the office. Sometimes there's a feel to management. And there's gonna be there's gonna be conflict. There's gonna be times where the salesperson looks around and they're like, I like things about this company, but I hate the management. Or they look around and they're like, I like the management, but I hate the people that I work with. So realize that if you have an employee that's got a couple of different companies, it doesn't mean that they're a bad salesperson. It could just be that they're looking for their home. They're looking for the things that that interest them. And, you know, there are things about sales that are personal. There are things about sales that like, you know, when you feel good about the organization, it's easier to sell for it. When you don't like the management team and you don't like the people that you work with, it doesn't make it easy. It, it actually complicates process. So salespeople, these are sort of a comfort level. There's a comfort level for every company and some of the people that you have lost in the office, in management, in the sales team, really you you lose them because sometimes the culture sucks. You want people who have ethics and I know I opened the, this episode up with ethics for a reason, but quick wins are not always good wins. You know, sometimes people come to me like, I just, I just need to build the team. I just need to get the people and I had a car dealer that tried to hire me at one point and they wanted me to train their team. And these people were pretty darn unethical. And they said, hey, we don't care what it takes. We just want you to train the people to close the deal, to say whatever it takes, to do whatever it takes. It's only about the money and i decided that it wasn't an organization that i wanted to be a part of i didn't want my name on the training i didn't want i didn't want to go that direction and i, I told this company i said look we can get you far more sales by doing the right thing and it was very it was very eye opening for me when when the owner told me what they wanted me to do and it just it it wasn't worth it it was money But like, it wasn't good money in the sense of an amount wasn't good money in the sense that I was going to have to do the wrong thing and cause some problems for myself. So uh, I want to give you a heads up that working with top salespeople is is interesting because top salespeople have their way about themselves, the way that they carry themselves. They're always putting something out on the horizon and trying to figure out a date to get something to close. They're going to ask you for more money. Like that's what they're used to. Sales good salespeople are used to asking for more money. And so management always freaks out. They're like, why are the salespeople always asking me for more money? I was like, because they sell stuff. Don't be silly here. Salespeople will always ask you for more money. Salespeople will always ask you for an out of boy. Salespeople will always say, I want a bonus. And I want to line out a couple of things with you as well. They can deal with rejection. And because of that, they're a little bit quirky. You know, you start thinking about all the things that salespeople have to ask for and have to do. And for the most part, really good salespeople, rejection doesn't bother them. So they're, they're used to saying, this is what I want. And they'll keep asking for it until they get it, which is perfectly fine. So you want to build out a team. You've got a couple of different options. When it comes to building a team, you have three options. One, you can hire. And when you think about this, when you hire the right salesperson, you can reduce overhead. And so if your industry average for closing rate is 30% and you bring in a closer that can close at 60%, the cool thing about that is you've just reduced your marketing spend. And if you think about this, uh, a salesperson that's top at what they do, are they're going to be able to think about this too? Because what they're going to do is they're going to look and they're going to be like, I am more profitable dollar for dollar than the people that I have underneath me. I should get paid more. And whether you decide to do that or not, that's going to be up to you. But top salespeople know that they can increase the bottom line. They know that they reduce acquisition costs. They know that they reduce overhead. And so, you know, they may come to you and say, hey, I I want a better differential. You know, I want a step up basis on on the closing rate. So if your team closes at 30% and I close at 60, I want a higher percentage because I'm way more effective and it's far more profitable. And you're still going to be miles ahead. Office managers hate how much salespeople make. It bothers them. It does because most salespeople in an office, let's just give you some numbers, make between forty and $80,000 a year. And they look at salespeople and they're like, how is it that that guy or that girl makes $300,000 a year? It's not fair. All they do is talk to people. Well, I mean, that person can go out and they can, they can learn how to sell and they can learn how to take rejection, but they don't do it. It's just easier for them to complain. When you hire new salespeople, salespeople can become territorial. There are people who either want to up their game or there's people who want status quo. And they look around like new sales dude, new sales chick is going to take my leads. They're going to take my ups. And so they become territorial, which leads to this. They start saying that the, the new salesperson is a liar, and a fraud. And occasionally this is true. It does happen. But it's not the majority of the time. It's somebody who has their feelings hurt. It's somebody who doesn't have good sales skills about them. It's somebody who has a, a lack of own confidence. You have to be the type of company that a closer wants to work at. This is going to come down to culture. And I shared with you earlier in this episode that sometimes salespeople will bounce from company to company trying to find that culture, to find their fit, to find their groove, because sales is a personal thing. If you don't believe in the product, you don't believe in the service, you don't believe in the management... It's not that you can't sell. It's just that maybe you don't sell the amount that you could. And then what you need to know is if you're hiring salespeople, if a salesperson knows how to close, it, they're the prize. Closers are the prize. When you when you line out that roughly eighty percent of salespeople shouldn't be in sales, eight out of ten salespeople really don't belong in sales. But it it's just it's the matter of filling bodies for jobs. Two out of ten salespeople should. And like out of the out of the whole group, you're gonna have a closer. So this is typically how sales teams work out. For every ten people, you've got one person that's really good. You've got two or three people underneath them that are okay. And then there's six people on the team that really shouldn't be there. And so it's funny because like when sales people hear me say this, the people who get offended are the people in the lower half that really shouldn't be in sales and When the top salespeople hear it, they clap and applaud because they look at it and say, the lower salespeople are taking my deals. They're taking my ups. I could have been selling more, but this knucklehead can't close. This knucklehead's is a scared to ask for the business. This knucklehead, and and it's just, it's the way that it is. It's always been an issue uh, unless you deal with it and you deal with it in your culture and you explain how things are and what they're going to be. So the reason that you have to understand this, is that if you're a closer and you're the prize, Salespeople will literally say, I can leave here at nine o'clock this morning and have a job somewhere else to be closing deals at 12. I, I know plenty of people who have that type of belief. On this list for building a team, number two, you can build. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. It takes patience. You know, there is a certain amount of playing chess when building a team. And when you do that, you want to look for people who are going to implement. And I think that the worst type of salesperson to manage is one who fights over every small change and, and doesn't like change to happen. They may be very good at closing deals, but they want, they want everything to be perfectly lined up the way that they want it to be lined up. So one of the ways that you deal with this is you can ask about the failures in your, in their, in the interview process, ask them about failures that they've had. You know, you can ask them about things that they they've done in, in places where they get stuck. And you know, the, the conversations that you have do matter. But you know, here's the thing. Um, there's times where you you look at how salespeople answer questions. And, you know, it's not always exactly what you think. Like, I am not uh, a perfect person when it comes to asking a question, because I will say what I'm thinking. And this this can freak you out. If you're building a team and you ask somebody Hey, I got this question for you. And there's someone like me where I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. Like you may go, whoa, I don't, I don't know how to deal with that. But there's something that you don't understand is that when you're dealing with buyers and you're dealing with people who make purchases, there there is the ability to build easier rapport when you say what you're thinking. And it sounds like it may be aggressive. It, it sounds like it may be counterintuitive, but there's there's something about the delivery that has to be done right. It's not just like, I'm going to say what I'm thinking to hurt feelings. Like they're the, the, that type of edge helps close deals. And if you're not in sales and you don't recognize that you may look and go, Hey, this salesperson's freaking me out. You can ask what they've done to increase their skills on their own. What have they made? What have they done in their own investment? You know, what, what kind of investments have they made? What kind of investments? Like just because somebody's not a closer doesn't mean that they're they're not going to invest in themselves. I've hired a couple of salespeople that told me, "Hey, look, I'm on my way up. You know, I'm I'm building. I'm I'm on this path. I've bought these books. I've paid for these courses on my own. I'm looking to get to where I want to be. And depending upon where you're at with your team, you may want that guy or that girl. Look for industry standards and keep track of numbers." You know, there's times where you take a look at whatever the industry has and and what they're capable of doing. Uh, Keep track of of the numbers that are going on. Now, every salesperson hits a dip. You know, I've had streaks of wins. I've had streaks of losses. It's part of the game. And so sales is a very mental game, meaning you have to be in it. You got to be in it to win it. So um, last on this list is you can buy a team. So it may cost less for you to acquire a sales team than it does for you to try to find a person by person. So acquiring a company may lower the acquisition cost. When acquiring a team, they already know what they're doing. Uh, So you you may pick up a team that can close tons of deals. But there's a warning. When done wrong, it could be a dumpster fire because... Uh, it's a, it's a mismatch of values. It's a mismatch of the organization. It's a mismatch of management. So you do have to, to be prepared for that. So if you're like, Hey, okay, Scott, I I got it. I've, I've either hired a top sales person. I'm looking to build a team or, uh, I'm buying a team. What do I do? Well, you got to get a training schedule up and running. I'm going to say that one of the best things that you can do is pay for some training, pay for some coaching you know, give the salespeople a reason to come in and have a conversation. Now, with that being said, bottom level people will always complain about training. It's just a general rule. Bottom sales people always complain that I don't want to come in. I don't want to do the coaching. I don't want to do the training. And the reason for it is they don't want to look dumb. They don't want to look silly. And they don't want people to see them as exposed that they don't know what they're doing. Allow for the top salespeople to opt out if they're closing deals. They can say, hey, look, if you're at this closing rate, you don't have to show up. You don't have to come to the meeting. You don't have to be here. And, you know, last of all on this list, don't make everybody do push-ups. Because if one person on the team sucks and causes problems, making everybody go to meetings because of it or coming up with policies because of it because of weak management doesn't make sense. I have been on plenty of sales teams where the sales manager was weak. And because of it, the office management had to take into account and say, we're going to have to change the rules because the sales manager won't manage. And so what would happen is everybody on the team would have to do push-ups. So as you're hiring your sales team, define what you want. Is it gonna be a closer or are you gonna groom something? And you know, you as an individual are gonna have to get good at the interview because salespeople are very good at interviewing. And so without you taking the time to realize this, it may cause you some issues. And so you can think through the process. What's your order of operation? Do you want a good salesperson first and then are new? Or do you want to start with a team and build everything out? And and like, this is a personal decision. I can't tell you which way that you're going to go. As you're talking to people, some people just suck in an interview process and some don't. It could be nervous energy. It could be a bad day. And if you feel like you got somebody who has the possibility of being a, a closer and coming in and making deals happen, well, then you know what you can do is bring them in for a second interview. There's been times where I've done an initial interview with people and it didn't work. And I had to bring them in for a second interview. When you take a look at the people you hire closers come with opportunities and problems. There's no, there's no perfect hire. There's no, like if you, if you're looking for a unicorn, good luck. I mean, like uh, if you're like, they have to have all of these things, they have to be this person. This is, this is exactly what I want. And if they don't have X, Y, and Z, I'm not going to hire them. Well, if your list is too defined, you're not ever going to find something. You're not going to ever find a person who's going to meet all those qualifications. And if they do, they're going to bring problems anyway. You want somebody who's going to look at, at problems as opportunities because then that way deals get closed. Um, the opportunity is is that you know you have the right salesperson that comes in and you have the ability to have conversations with them. They have the ability to close the deals. The, the mismatch on that opportunity is the office doesn't like closers, and I've already shared that with you. You know, in in the interview, you can give a little bit of pushback to against the salesperson, and and see what they're going to do to respond. And I'm not saying in an aggressive or an arrogant manner, but give some pushback and ask for examples, ask for scenarios. Tell them you want to think about it. Tell give them give them standard objections. Get them to role play with you. Now, I I have been in interview processes where I have I've gotten salespeople to role play with me. And they didn't do well in the interview process. They didn't do well the first time around. But I saw that they had talent and I saw that they had skill. So like there, there's, and I shared this with you momentarily ago, a moment ago, there is no perfect person that is going to walk in and have every box checked off for you. And when it does happen, you know, pat yourself on the back because you did find that unicorn. And then know that top salespeople have three really <laughs> interesting traits. One, they tend to be good looking. Just deal with it. Good looking people get to get away with a lot of stuff in life. Two, they're socially awkward. Like you have people that deal with rejection and they're okay with it. And three, they're typically funny. So, you know, it's usually two of the three, good looking and socially awkward, good looking and funny, socially awkward and funny. Like you can line this out and this is the typical path that it's going to take. So when it comes down to it, there's also the question of like, okay, I have my, my sales team. Now, how do I keep them? Well, the first and the foremost is to pay them for their work, pay them for what they've done. I don't know how many times that I've talked to salespeople and they're like, Scott, I have this employer and they just don't want to pay me for what I'm doing. Like they owe me money on my bonuses or they owe me money for my comp or they don't want to pay me for this money. Like you will lose salespeople if you do not pay them. It's just, that's a fact. You don't sell pay salespeople. They will walk out and they'll leave. Uh, give them a closing bonus. Give them a step up basis. Like you close, like industry standard is 30%. You close at 40, you know, I'll give you a couple extra points. You close at 45, I'll give you some more points. Close at 50, I'll give you more. You know, you hit these numbers, these goals, and uh, I'll send you on a trip. And when you take a look at the cost of doing these things versus the cost of acquisition for leads, it's pennies on the dollar. But the problem that you're going to have is going to be from management. The problem that you're going to have is going to be from other employees that say it's not fair. And you're going to have to pull up your big boy pants or your big girl pants, you know, put on some asbestos underwear and have the tough conversation. Like, Hey, management team, do you want to grow or not? Like, these are the things that it's going to take. You want to go out there and do sales, go out there and do sales. If not, let me do this my way. Let me make sure that the team's functioning properly and let's go close some deals. Like you can get caught up in the quagmire of it's not fair that a sales guy makes this much money or that they get to go on a trip. Hey, you want to get into sales? Pick up a piece of paper, a pen. Go ask the questions. Go make some deals happen. Get some signatures. You know, whatever way you want to explain it to the rest of the team. Give them the resources that they need. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I worked for a company, and uh, the comp plan was not that good. Uh, there was a bunch of stuff that I had to pay for. And when I looked around in the marketplace, I'm like, why am I going through this? Why am I? Why am I sticking sticking into a process? Why am I sticking with a company when? At the end of the day, they don't really have anything to offer. They you know, it, it it's, it's a basic function. You look around, you're like, hey, there's other offers out there. I'm not gonna stick for a company that's not gonna get me basic supplies and materials. Congratulate salespeople when they do well. You know, uh, salespeople love attaboys. Uh, one of the best attaboys is a huge freaking check to go to the bank and you take it and you cash it. <laughs> and and uh the cashier's kind of cute, and you look at him, you're like, I want to cash my check. And then they look at it, and they're like, this check is for $16,000. Like, yep, that's what I made last week. What do you do? Like, that is a bonus in itself to get that type of attention because, you know, we all like trophies. Give them a reason to trash talk. You know, why, why is your company better? It's not just like you have a better product or service. Like, being able to go into a building, being able to meet with a buyer, being able to go into somebody's home and say, I really like where I work because it's an amazing company. That's good trash talk. That's like conviction. That is the ability to say, here's why I like working for this company. And when salespeople mean it, they close more deals. And have a good culture. This really does matter. You know, it matters more than you know. You're thinking like, hey, I just want people to close deals. Well, if it's a grind to go into the office, it's not easy to close a deal. If it's a grind to meet with all the other salespeople, it's not it's not as easy to close deals as it should be. Like, you know, when you look at these things, they're friction points. They're problems that are caused in the issues that you have. So it's entirely possible to acquire top salespeople, keep top salespeople, but it's going to take effort on your part. And the thing is, is you're going to have to put up with the friction in the office. And, and it may take a couple of moves to build the right team. It may take a couple of moves to get the right manager. And if you're like, I want to do this in a week, I'm going to give you the bell, the buzzer. Like, "Eh, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. It takes some time, effort, and energy. You're going to have to go out and do scouting. You may have to get somebody to do some hiring for you. You may have to pay some referral fees. Every top salesperson knows more top salespeople. That's just the rule. You look at any industry, the top guys know the top guys, or the top girls know the top girls. Uh, Conversely, the, the bottom salespeople tend to look up to these top salespeople so they know them too. So like, you know, you can, you can, I'm going to give you option number three and a half here. The option number three and a half is you can do bonuses for referrals. Uh, you can get people to come on board and pay them out by saying, hey, who do you know that would come work for us? And there's been times where I've recruited top salespeople. There's times where I said, hey, I know you. I know that you're a closer. I want you to come on board. I want you to come work with me. And you know, there's this thing that when you work with closers, they up your game because now it's a competition. You know, now it's like that guy's closing this many deals, I need to close that many deals. Not only do I need to close that many deals, I need to close more than him, or I need to close more than her. So there's a value on having top salespeople on your team because you know it's it's inspiration. It's it's uh, one of those things that salespeople look around and they want to know who the alpha dog is or the top dog guy is at the company. But also in the region or in the industry, and if you have that person on your team, there's a feeling of like I've got a, I've got a closer on my team. I got somebody who can close deals, and if I need to call them and ask questions, I can call them and ask questions. I can I can get some information. I can get some help. There there is a different confidence that salespeople have walking into a home knowing that they got closers on the team because one they got to perform, and two like if they get stuck, they got somebody that they can talk to. You know. Not all the time is the close are going to want to have conversations, but there's times that they do. So like right now, your role, your function, the thing that's really going to help you out is to figure out what it is that you want your team to do. Figure out what kind of people that you want to have, figure out what kind of results you want to get, figure out the ethics that you want to have. It's not just a matter of, Hey, I'm going to hire a salesperson. There's got to be some thought and some effort put into it. So if you're going to find the top talent, it comes down to a lot of conversations. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of asking people, who do you know? It's a lot of of going and having interviews pro- processes. And so you can't look at it as rejection. You're just looking for the right person. You're going to, like, if you know that one out of every 10 salespeople is a closer, and you're looking to hire three spots, you're probably going to have to do 10 to 15 interviews. You're probably going to have to talk to a lot of people. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just most companies don't want to put in the time, the energy, or the effort. And they don't want to have to deal with the pushback. They don't want to have to deal with the conversations. They don't want to have to deal with the problems. So what they do is they hire mediocre salespeople and then they complain like my team's not doing well and I'm really struggling to close leads. And it all could have been circumvented by finding the right person from the very beginning. It's just, it's patience, it's time, it's effort. It's not allowing people to influence the conversation. It's not allowing people to get upset about the, the person that's been hired. Like I've been on teams where a salesperson was hired and half the team didn't want them because they either a made them look bad, B uh, they felt like they were going to take leads or see it was just an evil salesperson. Now I've worked with some pretty darn bad salespeople that uh, really shouldn't have been on the team, but they were hired for the wrong reasons. So know that you have the ultimate influence on your team. know it kind of talked in a circle there. So forgive me, but know that you have the ultimate influence on your team by the way that you hire and who you hire. You can hire top salespeople. You can find top salespeople. It's just going to take some time, energy, and effort on your part. And you may have to recruit from outside of your industry. You may have to bring somebody in. And if they're willing to, you may just draft the best player on your team. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.